On this day's Graze the Rim, we are updating the playoffs as the first round is developing. We got some sweeps, some near sweeps, and some great back and forth series. So we'll talk through all eight matchups on this mini episode. So lock up your dog. Right, we are back. We are live. Welcome to episode two of the playoff edition of the Graze the Rim podcast. I am Robbie Thomas, joined by Seth Curran. This is so we, you and I, settled on we we wanted to do bi-weekly, but we that was difficult to work in the schedule. So uh, yeah, we're just going to record when we can. And but we'll be closer. Yes, be closer uh, in between episodes than we had been. Yes, correct. Good. When we were just yeah. once a week. Yes, good. Uh, it is Monday, May the first more the yeah. Uh, thank you, those who served veterans. I always, uh, I, I hope it didn't sound insincere because it wasn't insincere. Thank you. I what I was gonna say was I never, I always wanted like if I see like an old guy wearing a Vietnam veteran hat, I always want to say thank you, but I never have. You know what I mean? Have yeah. you ever have you ever thanked a veteran? I haven't, but you know, like in airport, <laughs> uh, I've. I felt like I should, right? But then, but then I don't want to be kind of you know. Like, I don't, want, that, I don't know. Thing. I don't know any like. There's no veterans in my immediate family. I know like I'm friends with some people that are veterans, and I haven't asked them like, is it weird if they're just randomly thanked? Do you know? Have you? Should I be thanking you for my your service or no? Yeah, well, just yeah. I haven't asked. I don't just, have any in my family either. If you're a veteran and listening, thank you for your service. That's me thanking you. Sincerely. And let us know, is it weird if you just get randomly approached and thanked? Because I feel like it can't like it can't be weird, right? Like if it's as long as it's like genuine, like as long as you're not yeah. being weird, like I don't think it can be <laughs> taken wrong. So go maybe go thank a veteran. There's a little challenge to challenge for you. Thank a veteran challenge. Take off on the Ooh, social media. Well don't see, because then we're getting into the clout. <laughs> that's true, that's Personal challenge. Take veteran and don't post it yes, on uh, social media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. So if you do post on it, you fail. You, you lost the challenge. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, all right. So we're your playoffs. Like I said, we're just going to go through the series. I don't know if things will change as we get into things. We'll see. We're just going to go. A lot of basketball has happened. Um, so we're going to go through it. Uh, oh, should we start? Should we start with the whole fan thing, Seth? Us? Let's start. Let's just like, get into it. Like yeah. every other. So this is another issue. Like every other platform, ESPN has 20 different programs that run throughout the day. And they all had to open with condemning fans being assholes to players. Yes. Right? It's like, like every single yes. show, every single person on Twitter that covers basketball had to come out and say, don't do it. Like, <laughs> this is kind of just in the age that when there's very low-hanging moral fruit, it's very easy Grab to take it. the moral high ground. Everybody does it. Yeah. Uh, what do you... I have... Thoughts, if you can believe that, Seth. I have opinions. Do you? <laughs> do you want me to go, or do um, you want to go? Let's let's kind of let's just introduce what oh, happened. Yeah, so that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Irving used to play for the Boston Celtics, and after uh, Game Two, so Game Three would be played in Boston. He he made a statement about how he hopes playing in front of the Boston fans they can keep it basketball focused and not not chant like subtly racist things and stuff like that. And then last night was game four and Kyrie Irving kind of stomped on the logo on his way out after dropping 39 points in a win. 
And as he's walking off the court into the tunnel, a fan throws a water bottle in his direction. I don't know if it hit him or I, I honestly I don't, don't know. I think it hit him. I don't. Anyway, it, it came really close. It probably grazed his head. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The room um, that is his head, it grazed Exactly. Him. Yeah. And so there's a lot of people that are up in arms. Right. And this is, well, this is also on the back of Russ getting popcorn dumped on him, mm-hmm. Trey Young getting spit on. Spit on. Yeah. And then John Morant's family dealing and with. And Dylan Brooks' family, yeah. Yeah, dealing with some uh, racist comments made to them while they're in the stands of the game. And uh, so, yeah, so like like I said, every everybody has kind of come out to say, hey, don't do this. What do you, you now that it's introduced, do you want to go or do you want me to go? What I can, I'll start. You uh, start, yeah. Don't do this. That seemed pretty simple. <laughs> Good, yeah. um, no, but the, the racist remarks, stuff like that, there's no place anywhere, uh, especially don't bring it there. Now, the... I will spitting. say, well, did you hear? Sorry, but the the but the, the John Morant's dad was hurled some inappropriate comments, and apparently, like it was resolved very like the guy like somebody gave him a hard time about it, like hey, don't do that, and he was like very apologetic, and then John Morant's dad was very forgiving, like it, it was a happy ending. Oh, like they they were very, no, I didn't. Yeah, I think one of them bought beer for the other afterwards, so it oh, was okay. a good ending. Which of course you okay. never hear about. You never hear about that's that's interesting. <laughs> that's interesting. But, yeah, yeah, but uh, it was still inappropriate definitely at the time now as far as getting spit on or getting something thrown at you like that happens anywhere else the person's going to retaliate but the fan whoever did that thinks they're protected because this professional athlete can't come up here and kick my ass so i'm just like my thought is always you wouldn't i don't think you would ever do that in any other setting right it's kind of my right my thoughts on that yeah i don't like, um so yeah i don't know also why i i'm surprised the getting spit on hasn't been made a bigger deal. Like that is of all of these. Yes, I you know of the popcorn and the water bottle. That's easily the worst. Like our most offensive or most egregious. I don't know. The racist so, remarks pretty bad. <laughs> I didn't, see, I didn't. I didn't mention that of the three. I see. I left that one out. Oh, so <laughs> between gotcha. the three, between the other um, ones, I think spitting I, is easily so, the worst. So someone someone tweeted out the video of the the footage of yeah. Trey getting spit on. And I liked how he replied to the tweet and said, are you okay, 50 Cent? He tagged 50 Cent because in the front row, 50 Cent was sitting uh, on oh, the sideline. Oh, was line, he really? <laughs> and the spit would like right over him. No, that's hilarious. Well, okay, no, so so here's my thing. And I'm going to st- echo your main point, which is don't do it because they wouldn't do it in any other setting, like you said. Yeah. But I just, from the standpoint of the league and from like ESPN, I don't... I don't want to come off like I condone these actions because, like I said, I don't. But Boyer, I feel like we are overreacting because this, to some extent, this is always going to be part of professional sports. And like, I think it was Windhorse that when you know his obligatory turn to talk about it, he he's said like talking to the NBA like it's simple, protect the players. Like, what are we doing? Protect the players. It's like, yeah, great. What does that mean? Protect the players. Like, yeah, like everybody that. Did all these bad things were like the one the, the water bottle dude got arrested? He's arrested. Yeah, uh, for what for? Get, t- tell assault. me if I'm wrong, but I think it was like a fel- It's a felony charge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Assault. Yeah, assault with a not deadly assault with a dangerous weapon. Was that the? Yeah, I, yeah. That's was that the language. Yeah. So he's like the I think the popcorn guy or the spinning guy. One of one or both of them were like banned for life from their arenas. I think it was both. I believe. So they're being punished appropriately i think 
Mm-hmm. Um, I accept. I don't know the Whataburger getting the felony charges. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'm sitting. It's funny, uh, but but anyways. So you have however many tens of thousands of drunk, emotional, passionate, screaming fans, and then things happen that they don't like. People are gonna. Somebody's gonna overreact. Somebody's gonna do something stupid. Nobody wants these things to happen, but I think like players have always had to live with fans doing stupid things yeah you know like yeah. like when the malice of the palace happened nobody was saying ron artest was just a f- or he was Ron. said do we ron call artest, him yeah. do we call him ron artest at the time because at the time yes. he was ron artest even though he's yes. not ron artest now uh okay so panda king ran up in the state <laughs> a friend a friend. friend sorry yeah you're right uh <laughs> <what a> stupid <laughs> Uh, yeah, so Ron Artest, like, nobody would, would say Ron Artest was in the right for running up in the stands and trying to beat up fans that were, even though, like, beer. yeah, well, even though the fans almost definitely deserved it, but no one is going to say that Ron Artest was in the right for doing that, that he made the right decision, mm-hmm. because you should, as a professional, that's just, I think it's just one of the expectations as a professional athlete is that you have to be held to a standard that the fans don't have to be held to, mm-hmm. like, obviously, it's not right. But uh, I don't think, like, I, I don't know what to do. Like, protect the players. Like, how do we protect the players? Players have always had to live with this. You tell, like, what, what can you do besides tell people not to do it or they'll be punished? People don't listen and then people get punished. Do you know what I mean? Right. I mean, that's, you can't, there's no, like, prevention of this. Uh, yeah. It's, it's only going to happen and then after it happens, are they going to get punished? You're not going to prevent somebody from acting stupid. You're only going to yeah. punish them for acting stupid. I guess my issue is I'm I've been just as upset with the wave of nose in the air looking down on people like oh come on you're better than this you're bigger than this people like who raised you people to act like this? right but it's we know nice Boston to... fans aren't better than that that's true oh god yeah I love I love like so Danny Ainge came out like defended the city of Boston and said he's never just, heard any yeah, racist from Boston people just start digging up the receipts of like. <laughs> Bill Russell saying, like, I played for the Celtics and, and Red Arbuck. Boston sucks or whatever. Something yeah. like, like, Boston's a bunch of racist. Like, I like the Celtics or whatever. Yes. I love reading the receipts of how terrible Boston is. I'll do that all day. Oh, so great. So great. But I just, like, you're going to get when, when you get a bunch of rowdy is a very pleasant way to put it. But belligerent, mm-hmm. emotional, drunk fans. Something happens that they don't like. Like, somebody's going to do something stupid. And the NBA has been good about punishing them. And so it sucks. It's a hostile environment, you know. I just I know. Like Russell Westbrook, obviously he should be upset about getting popcorn dunked on him, but he um you would but think he got like, free popcorn. He did get free popcorn. <laughs> that's a good point. You would think what if he did he, if he started eating it? That would have been funny. That, that would have been, been hilarious. Great reaction. Uh but uh <laughs> like in his post I understand he's pissed. I'm not saying he shouldn't have said like this, but he's talking like he got tarred and feathered or that Right. You know, like like and I just think that this should be not expected, but uh, it should come with the territory, I guess, of being a millionaire professional athlete. Like, yeah. If this, I just want to bring this up. If the water bottle incident was connected to the stomping, Kyrie stomping on the the Celtics logo, still not justifiable. I I'm upset that Kyrie tried to do it so like sneakily. I wanted Kyrie to walk out and have court and start jumping up and down. Yeah, it was. That's the, the thing. It was. It wasn't that sneaky. <laughs> like there was no like he he walked out really far trying to like high five his. Mm-hmm. His teammates and like said, you know, chatting with the refs that was right there. And then he like yeah. took a couple extra steps. But the like actual act of it, yeah, the actual act of it was very not subtle. Like it was exactly. super Exactly. I want you jumping up and down. Well, yeah, I want to just go for it. Yeah. Now, so 
as a fan, you see him walk in the tunnel, you have no right to do anything but sit there and boo him, call him a bum, whatever. Uh, like, if he gets a hard foul in the next game, like, if the Celtics take offense to it, sure. Like, that's part of the game, right? Yeah, but sure. But you as a fan, you don't get to do shit. Yeah, you're a fan. He just, he exactly. Just, yeah, he just you're a spectator. <laughs> lit you guys up. Yeah. You just have to sit there and get your feelings hurt a little bit. That's a good point. Maybe that's the the message for the fans is that, that they're not – like, they're participating and that they're booing and mm-hmm. being there and like, what's wrong with thing. What's wrong with just booing someone for 48 minutes, calling him a bum, calling him trash? You know, if you want yeah, that's if you great. Want to yeah. toss him, like – expletives in there that's fine oh go for don't it. like yeah yeah you know don't but don't like make the person don't make it personal like less yeah like less human yeah you know? yeah yeah don't you know or somebody's family i don't know i can't yeah, i don't think know, that's happening. uh so just to circle back don't do it yeah that's a good point <laughs> good point <laughs> let's get the games that's good uh boy good atmosphere in this podcast right now all right games so uh we're starting the west the one eight uh utah memphis as we stand right now, last time we talked, one. it was well, oh, last yeah. time we talked, it was one zero Memphis. Yep, Jazz responded with some authority, winning two one. And I think this was a the matter past. of time type of thing. Like the talent would obviously was always there in Utah's favor, and it's starting to come to light in the last couple games. Getting Donovan Mitchell back for games two and three, that obviously helped. He hasn't looked fantastic, but he's just another weapon that that's added to that team. Yeah, and he's just, I mean. He's just the only guy that you really want creating his own shot. Like everybody else mm-hmm. is kind of in the flow of the offense or attacking a closeout, but but he's really their guy. I mean, he's easily the most important offensive player. That he is their guy when a play breaks down or out of a shot clock to create. So like I said, he hasn't been great, but just his dynamic is something that they really miss. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And then we got to talk about John Morant in game two. John Morant dropped forty-seven points, kind of out of nowhere yeah 47 points a quiet if i can uh, say it a quiet 47 that, as quiet as it possibly could be that's <laughs> exactly. what i was thinking too yeah. but what's impressive to me is that he is doing this in the paint he is going up and over rudy gobert yeah, he wants to duck on rudy gobert out of so the, bad exactly but you know rudy gobert deters so many shots of the rim just because of his size and his shot blocking ability not ja ja is not afraid yeah, at yeah. all i'm this really impressed me so far and then the problem with my problem with Donovan Mitchell so far is that he's taken twenty. He took twenty three shots in Game Three. Boyan Bogdanovich only got eight shots. You're not really using the full potential of Bogdanovich if he's only getting eight attempts. So I'm looking for that to change. Uh, Donovan Mitchell was like eight of twenty three in Game Three. We'll see if he kind of a can get back to his normal efficiency or b is willing to give up some of the mm. the shots. But we'll see. Game Four is tonight. Any predictions on that, Rob? Uh, yeah, I know. I know. I need. I need uh, the Jazz to win the next two. Oh yes. Yeah. So so it was. You were uh, Utah in five or less. Mm-hmm. So Utah have to win out. If Memphis wins one, then I, I mean, if they don't win tonight, they're not winning. Going back to Memphis or to back <laughs> right. to Utah. But Utah. Um, yeah, I, I think it's over. I think game three was the or game two. Whichever game, I kind of don't remember. They all blend together. One of the games was close. Maybe it was a game three that was close, and then the Jazz just dominated and crunched mm-hmm. them. Was that game three? Yeah. Yeah, that was. A, I think that was a Memphis's chance. Yeah. To steal a game. That was that was my thing was how good uh, – you forget how good Utah's crunch time lineup is, and they have a few different variations. It's kind of competent, but it was like uh, – I think I wrote it down. Yeah, in the last – it was a tie game going into four minutes and 30 seconds. The last four minutes and 30 seconds, uh, Memphis scored two points, <laughs> including having two offensive rebounds. So a lot of shots they had. 0 of 9 from the field. 
they only makes those free throws in the turnover. Just, you know, when Jazz are, and obviously Jazz scored more points than them, they won comfortably. It does feel like the Jazz woke up and, and that they kind of might have had that switch to flip in, in crunch time, or they just might be more ready for kind of those right. moments that the young love says. But yeah, I think this is over. I uh, I don't feel confident about five and a half. <laughs> Me either. I didn't feel great about five after game one, but I like my chances now. Looks pretty good, yeah, for sure. Oh, also, one thing. Uh, so we were hyping up Xavier Tillman. <laughs> he he DNP. Was it the last two games? No, yeah. last game. On game three. Yeah, just didn't play, yeah. so. Yeah. Sorry if that was. It's all about the matchups and playoffs, you know? Bad matchups. <laughs> I, <guess. laughs> I guess. All right, yeah. The Jazz definitely don't play big, so right. we don't need them. Right. Okay, let's move on. Lakers Suns. Yes. Where we left off, it was 1 1, and it is currently a 2 2 series. Game five is Tuesday night. Rob, what do you think of this? We should actually intro every series. So I picked Lakers in six. Oh, so yep. I need. I don't like that, especially with Anthony Davis being questionable. Uh, but let's backtrack. So the biggest thing. So like we said, last time we talked, it was one one. Game three was the most comfortable game of the series for either mm-hmm. team with the Lakers winning. I hated the attitude of the Lakers at the end of game three. The Lakers bench specifically. Mm-hmm. Andre Drummond was pissing me off. Like with people <laughs> were laughing and joking about him doing the like the shadow back down thing yeah, as mimicking LeBron. Yes. So, so like, like here's this is my thought process. So they lost game one convincingly. The Lakers did mm-hmm. like as convincingly as you can lose by ten, basically, right? It was a very close game. Game two, they pulled away and lost like three minutes, but it was back and forth the whole game. They were like tied at halftime of game three, and then they had a big third quarter pull away. And it's not like they were up thirty; they were up like fifteen, right? You know what I mean? It wasn't and it, a and it didn't up, feel like up. a comfortable fifteen. Either. Exactly. Phoenix is really good, and Chris Paul is only getting healthier. So Phoenix is even even better. Like, where's the resp- like? Other drone was acting like they were the one seed playing the eight seed up two zero and yeah. up thirty points in game three. The way he was acting, like right. Like I just, I'm sure you pissed off several members of the Suns with I'm your sure. antics, and that's why I blame the game four loss. But uh, I just I hated it. it. It put a real bad taste in my mouth. I guess we'll talk about game three. Game three was great. For the Lakers because they mm-hmm. won, which turns out you can't do all the time. LeBron was better in Game like Three, more assertive. Yes, I think I think I heard he had as many shots at the rim in Game Three as he did in Games One and Two combined. Yeah, and it really like in that stretch in the third quarter when they went on a run, it was because he was going to the rim a ton, and Anthony Davis was just being Anthony Davis. But mm-hmm. that was kind of the difference for them. It was also Game Three, big time pouty Devin Booker game, uh, <laughs> yeah. six of nineteen from the field. Awful body language, including the the uh, the push on Dennis Schroeder. Big time pout game for him. My my issue for Lakers. So Anthony Davis sprains his groin game four. Or sprain, He's strains. not playing tomorrow. Strain. Yeah. It, yeah. Um, yeah. So he's out for game five. Hopefully, it'll be back game six. I I'm nervous for this. As in, I don't like their. I mean, they definitely can win game five, but I would like it a lot better if he was playing. My thing is LeBron needs to control the game and not turn the ball over so much. He's had uh, 13 assists and 13 turnovers in the mm-hmm. last two games. Which I will say this right now, though, that the fact they're shooting like 25% from three definitely is not helping his assist numbers. That's true. That is true. And like I said, uh, I, I said last week I was there's going to be a game where the Lakers start shooting better, and we have not. They were better in game three, but still not good. Right. They need to figure something out with, at center. Gasol looked pretty good at times in Game Four, but that's that's the nicest thing you could say about a center on the Lakers roster right now. 
I'm interested to see if they go with Markeith Morris at the five for a little bit. I think that he is strong enough to kind of bang around with Aiton. Might be giving up size on the boards, but they're getting pick and rolled to death. Yeah. And none of their centers can can properly cover. So I'm interested to see what Vogel does. <clears throat> well, especially when, uh, especially when Aiton comes out. Mm-hmm. Like you would love to see Markeith in. in those yeah, Suns, Suns have been going with Frank Kaminsky ahead, ahead of uh, Darius Sarge now. Five, so exactly, <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying. That's a that's another reason to to put a small ball five in. Well, I'm scared for game five, but I believe in LeBron. So yeah, we'll I mean, happens. so honestly, if presuming Anthony Davis isn't, it's not a serious injury. As long as like if if we're going game seven, I'm okay with it. Like I trust mm-hmm. LeBron going into game seven. With the healthy Lakers team. So we'll see. We will see. It's a great series. Uh, like I said, I need the Lakers to win in six. I if I was a neutral will. fan, I think I'd be loving the series. But uh, I'm not. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not very a neutral. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So speaking of... Uh, this hasn't really been that close because the games haven't been super competitive. But uh, Nuggets Blazers. Mm-hmm. The 3-6 mm-hmm. in the West. It is 2-2. And it was straight up was the spread prediction. You picked the Nuggets... Mm-hmm. And like, can I ask you, when I said it was straight up, were you a lot more confident then than you are now, or a lot? Um, yes, that was phrased correctly. Let me think here. I don't, I don't think so. I was like, was it this, uh, was it an easy Nuggets pick for you? No, 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 no. Okay, good. Okay. Um, especially with the like knowing the guard situation, but I just I think that I thought that Jokic would would be able to have a mismatch wherever he was. Yeah, which ha- it has been so far. Game four, he looked really bad. Like he just yeah. looked lethargic, and I don't know if that was he's getting worn down by because the Blazers are having him in pick and roll, so he's constantly covering on defense. And then when he gets on offense, his shots are ending up short, and it's like, is he are his legs worn down from just moving around so much on defense? Who knows? Uh, but that's something to look out for, I think, because. If he's not if he's not carrying the team offensively, they're in trouble. Unless Austin Rivers somehow is making six threes <laughs> in the game, right? I don't think you can count on that quite even. <laughs> the the thing about this series is it's like who can outscore who? There's defense is like secondary here. The Blazers did hold the Nuggets to 95 points in Game Four, but that's more so the Nuggets' lack of just 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 missing shots. You know, yeah, that or, was. A, I mean. Kind of the whole team looked like you said lethargic. Like that was mm-hmm. a, it was a really bad they, game. They looked like a team that was just ready, like okay, taking a series. Like a, let's we'll make it a three game series with our home court advantage, right? You know, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it was well, like you said. So Jokic was bad in game four. This was the this is the Norman Powell game was game four yes. because he was awesome. Dame like it was a battle of which star could be worse because Dame was bad. Like, he was ten, one of ten. Yeah, he was bad. <laughs> Jokic was bad, like you said. Norm Powell, 29 points, 11 of 15 shooting. He gets, to his anti-credit, he gets a lot of good looks because Damon and CJ right. are just black holes for help defense. Like a lot of practice shot style corner threes or, or yes. stepping into shots or attacking closeouts for him. But he, I mean, obviously credit to him, he did great. He he still is doing a really good job defensively. Michael Bortrino was a no-show in Game 4. One of three. Yeah. Got three shots <laughs> off. With Norm as the, Norm was the primary defender. Yeah. That's tough. I mean, good for the, the Nuggets, or the good for the Blazers. This was absolutely a must-win. Oh, yeah, Game yeah. 4 was. And they played like it. They actually looked a lot better. With you know, Blazers. Nurkic looked at times like the best player on the floor in Game 4. Yeah, he was. And I didn't think I'd be saying he, that. He was, I mean, he's a big physical Eastern European. And he, he played like it. My favorite. <laughs> the best kind of European. <laughs> yeah, I still, I mean... 
this is a fun series. I still, whoever wins the series is going to be a major underdog to whoever wins mm-hmm. the two seven. But uh, it's a fun series. Yeah, I, this is just the game that, that you know we have no we have no dog in the right, fight. Right, so right. We would love this series, but we just we're just asking for a little closer games, you know. Yeah, no <laughs> like, kidding. It's it's as non-competitive as a two-two series could be. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, uh, game five I believe is also Tuesday night, so we'll have more next time. Um, and then the last one in the West, the four-five matchup: yes. Clippers Mavericks. So when we left, Mavs were up two-zero. We were getting really excited. We're having, it fun. Is, we're having it fun. Is, so it was 2-0 Mavs going back to Dallas. And Clippers won both games in Dallas and are now heading back to LA, tied up at two. Ouch. Yes, yeah. I don't want to... <laughs> first of all, we... Speaking of series that we have, this this is turning into a series. I don't want to toot my horn too much, but I'm going to. Because I said, if the Mavs lose game three, game four is a big-time trouble game, like a... Pressure's on them, and they played. They played bad game four. Game four was they lost a, by twenty five last night. It was an ugly game, like eighty. They were in the eighties, right? They scored eighty one points. Yeah, yeah, oh, almost in the seventies for like a. Yeah. Supposed to yeah. be. I mean, I mean, Luca looked banged up, or he didn't look good. That he had the neck injury, which was supposedly bothering him. But, but anyway, so game three, like I said, it was two zero Mavs. The um the Clippers win game three, and it was an incredible game from Luca that they overcame, and that was a big. Uh, panic button, red flag yeah. for me. That, that well, so the the thing is that the the Mavs started up th- with a thirty to eleven lead. Yeah, in game three. Yeah, and, and I was then, like, all right, this is awesome. It's over. And Luca comes out early for some reason, mm-hmm. and the Clippers go on a fourteen to no run in the fourth quarter. In the first quarter, to end the first quarter. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, they the Clippers overcame an incredible Luca game, which is bad because. What else can the Clippers or what else can the <laughs> Mavericks do <laughs> besides right. uh, uh, hope Luke is incredible? So, Kristaps sucks is my first note. Yes, I I don't know has has I don't know how he's I think he's like twenty five twenty six at this point right like he's he's been around the league for a while at this point. How has nobody taught him how to exploit a size mismatch in the post? Because he doesn't want to. He wants to shoot through. I I understand. I do too. But how how have you not learned like I like no post up back to the basket no post moves game is one thing, but when you're like right. seven four, and they the other team sets the front court of Nick Batum and Marcus Morris, like, like don't you want easy buckets? Yeah, you can't like he's terrible posting up. He can't hold a seal for the life of him. He just I just like I said I understand if you're not great post footwork you're not Tim Duncan on the low block but. Surely you can just post up and, you know, keep the ball high and finish like they teach sixth graders that have already finished puberty. You know what I mean? Like, right. like just be taller than them. I don't get it. I, I hate him. He needs to, he needs to be better. I'm just – I agree. And I just want to say that the playoffs are not as fun when, you know, when people aren't making for the Clippers. The most fun part of the playoffs – That is I've fun. I do love that. Media, the hilarious memes and stuff. Um, so it's been kind of – it's been kind of sad the last couple of days. But – Kawhi's shooting like 65% in this Yeah, he's series. been great. And Paul George has been fantastic too. And Reggie Jackson and Marcus Morris finally found their stroke in game three towards the end. I think Marcus Morris actually hit the dagger that kind of ended it, you know, put the Mavs um, out of reach in game three. And that's the last thing I think the Mavs wanted to see. If this Clippers team gets hot, that, you know, they, <laughs> they could shoot the ball so well. Yeah. And the Mavs are not going to commit to stopping them. So I'm wondering... 
last season in the bubble in their series, Trey Burke was great off of the bench scoring. Why won't the Mavs just commit to offense? Like, let's outscore them. Let's try to outscore them. Throw Trey Burke out there. Somebody that can just take off the bounce <laughs> other than Luka. You know what I'm saying? Well, I love like, I mean, they kind of did that because we got some Bobby minutes. We got some prime-type Bobby minutes. Fantastic game that and that was – it was Ricardo, like, screw it. They're going to play small. Well, we're just going to play – At least so, as big as you can get. Yeah, so he checks in. How tall is he? Seven five, seven four. He's seven four, I think. Okay, so he checks in. He's guarded by Nick Batum. I don't know how yeah. tall he is, but like small forward Nick Batum, and literally he checks in. They run down the court, and he just turns and posts up, and they throw it to him, yes. and he like on the fast sh- break shoots, misses a rebound. Well, no, yeah, he did that, but there was a time in the half court where he he like got it, shot it, missed it, got his rebound, missed it, <laughs> got it again, scored. It was like that was the offensive series. So that was like, and then obviously he's just. Torched in pick and rolls or trying to play defense. Right. So it's right. like, well, we like our chances of having a giant guy score than you trying to yeah. make a move. Just double that down on fun. it. That was fun, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so like you said, the Clippers role players were better. The Mavericks role yeah. players were awful game four. Kleba, and they a great one and two. Exactly, exactly. That was, which is a huge turning point. Kleba, uh, Dorian Finney Smith, Tim Hardaway, in game four, were combined 12 points on four of 20 shooting. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, that's, you're not going to, Lose by less than twenty if that happens. Obviously, yeah. Clippers have all kinds of momentum, and I hate it that Rondo has been good, but he's been. I good. know. Um, hopefully, we bring you guys good news on the next episode. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Uh, let's jump over to the East, shall we? Yes. Yeah, I think that's fine. I think that's fine. <laughs> were, you, were you done with that? No, I was just yeah. I was. I was. Oh. I was. I was curious. What else would we do? Mm, I don't know if you want to keep talking about that game. Anyway, <laughs> no, sorry. Yeah, go. Uh, in the East, we have. Sixers, Wizards, which is currently 3-0 Sixers, who are the one seed. They are playing here in a little bit. They're playing tonight. And I think it's just safe to assume that <clears throat> that the Sixers sweep the Wizards. Yeah, it feels like a sweep for sure. Well, it does, but who knows? At Washington, they might just be like, we want to win one and then go lose by 50 in game five. There you go. Yeah, yeah. The, the Wizards are definitely a team that I could see doing that. Just in spite of everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, me especially yep, that has specifically the Sixers. Uh, so I have the Sixers in in a sweep. I yes. need them to sweep. Mm-hmm. There's just not much to take away from this game. Joel Embiid is so far ahead and shoulders above everybody else on the court as far as the best player goes. The Wizards shooting the ball horribly. They're shooting like 23% in the yeah. series from three. Yeah. Can't do that. And horrible recipe. Yeah, Embiid's just too talented for yeah. everybody out there. Yeah, I mean, he's, just, he's a monster. He's so so big and strong, but also... And I mean, Graceful. we're in the playoffs. Well, that's the thing. We're in the playoffs, so it doesn't matter. But like, he's so big and strong and can push anybody over to get to the rim but he, he gets going in these finesse moves and he turns into james harden where if you touch him wrong right he's going to the line so yeah it's incredible offensively and this is this game especially was was the prototype for why the sixers can win the championship because Joel Embiid is incredible that like you have to double him on the catch mm-hmm. ben simmons was great in, like great downhill attacking the basket in transition and then your other three starters seth curry danny green uh, Toby, Twice Harris, we're all shooting really well from three, which of course Danny Green is. But those two <laughs> guys are all like, like, like they're all, yeah, those guys are all great punishing you for helping off, and Joel Embiid just can't be guarded to be covered. So it's a, right, it's a recipe for success for sure. And, and, uh, boy, the Wizards got the bad end of, of that. I know, I know. Uh, yeah, like you said, Ben Simmons has been, Ben Simmons has been really, really good this series. Averaging 14 points, 11 assists, 10 rebounds. I mean, average triple double. And uh, yeah, 
there's just nothing that the Wizards can throw at him defensively to, to slow anybody on the Sixers down. Yeah, really. uh, for sure. Yeah. So if that series is probably ending tonight, let's jump to the Celtics-Nets. Yeah, where we have okay. a not sweep God. by the Boston Celtics. So you picked the you picked the Celtics to sweep. I did. That's not And right. I felt real good about you it. You picked the Nets to sweep. Yes. <laughs> That's right. And you felt real good about it. You should have felt real good about it. But it turns out... I just felt like they did this despite me. Like... They, Absolutely. they knew I think the Celtics so, like, so what if we piss him off even more? I joked that Tatum has to be a listener to the pod because he says yeah. he does things despite us last week. But he actually might be a listener to the pod and does things despite us because at the end of last times, I said for game three, previewing game three, I said, Jason Tatum, if Jason Tatum does anything in game three, I will be impressed because I couldn't be any less impressed. And I have been extra impressed because he yes. was incredible in that game three 50 points and he i don't get too ahead of ourselves but he the nets have real questions defensively because jason tatum was attacking every match of every switch blake griffin is going to have a terrible time defensively against the bucks oh, because he looked so bad against jason tatum and just Tatum, i'm just Tatum was awesome gets in the switches he he likes step backs too much when he gets switches mm-hmm. but he's so good at them that i can't complain right. about it and I, I, again, to preview other things we want to talk about, like looking at him compared to Julius Randle, like holy cow, is he way better than Julius. And not just because Randle's been terrible and he's been, he was good in this game, but, but I just feel like he's on a different level offensively. Yeah. And he's a great defender that that um, NBA is not who's better, it's who had the better season. That's what I have to tell myself to justify because, I mean, he, he is, he's a star. He's, he's a superstar, Jason Tatum was. Yes. And uh, yeah. it was a great game three. And then game four happened, and they got absolutely obliterated. Right. Like, uh, KD had 42. Kyrie had 39. James Harden had 23. Good luck. And almost <laughs> and luck. like and 20 assists, 19 assists. Yeah. Like that. Right. yeah. Good luck. Yeah. I don't know what the spread is for game five, but I would hammer the Nets. Because yeah. they're, the Celtics, are clearly they're done. They got their game going back yeah, to the Yeah, no, there's no Kemba. There's no Rob Williams anymore. Uh, Kemba, not that he was helping. I mean, he was... Averaging 12 points on 13 shots a game in the series. Yeah. Which I love because I, I do not enjoy Kemp's game. Right. Shot like 31% from the field. They <laughs> they win a game with him, and then he sits out game four. So my new game plan was every game starts with Jason, committing to Jason Tatum scoring 50, and then you send Kemp to the G League, and then you play Jason Tatum on Joe Harris defensively and just let him jog around, save all his energy, for offense. I actually love it. Every, <laughs> yeah. I don't. You know, yeah. Good. I'm good. Good yeah. plan. Okay. Let's move on uh, to. Celtics uh, in seven. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Uh, Bucks heat. Three six matchup. So the Bucks have swept the Miami heat. Four games. Um, yeah. It feels great. If you had told me at, when the playoffs started, the Bucks would be done with their series before the Nets would be. Yes. I would have done something incredible. I would have thrown a water bottle in your general direction <laughs> because that's the craziest. I mean, it, it, it's crazy. It was incredible. Impressive performance. Where do you want to start? you want to start with the Bucks or the Heat? Let's start Bucks. with the Heat. Okay. okay. <laughs> heat it is. Heat it is. Here's my, here's because my next, my next bullet was a question about the Heat. Okay. Uh, who said uh, between social media and, you know, maybe hearing on broadcasts or like on, on podcasts or whatever, 
who has been slandered more throughout the course of this series? Who is whose name has been dragged through the mud more? There's gonna be four options: Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, Tyler Hero, or Eric Bledsoe. <laughs> because they're all getting bad. Eric Bledsoe, I feel so bad for Eric. Bledsoe <laughs> you gotta feel bad for the because, guy because because he is getting absolutely roasted for being the single problem with the Bucks the last two seasons. My favorite thing was Drew Holiday is better than Eric Bledsoe just by not being Eric Bledsoe. Exactly, exactly, exactly. That was what um, you see on Twitter. It's like, who do the Heat miss most in this series? It's like Eric Bledsoe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so Eric Bledsoe was, for those who don't know, he was traded for Drew Holiday. And historically, Eric Bledsoe has historically underperformed in the playoffs. And Drew Holiday's been awesome. Everything the Bucks could hope for and more. Right. So, So he's been the... The source of a lot of jokes for why the Bucks are all of a sudden better is that they don't have Eric Bledsoe. But uh, all that aside, the other three guys I mentioned were terrible also. Um, you know, uh, I feel like Jimmy didn't get that much hate, to be completely honest. Yeah, he, uh, he honestly should have. He should. I mean, like, he was, it's like people were taking the low-hanging fruit of making fun of Tyler Hero, which is also fun. When, yeah, but and missing good. And necessary. Exactly. Yeah. But missing on the opportunity to, to slander Jimmy, Jimmy Butler. Yeah, and so Jimmy Butler... Was outscored by Bryn Forbes in this series. I love it. Yes, great stat. Jimmy, 29% on the series, 26% from three. Uh, the shine of the aura of Jimmy Butler is not cool when he's bad. Like it's, the, the it's lore of obnoxious. Jimmy Butler did not help yes. in this series. So so the, the bubble frauds, it's hard to uh, – dis- I mean, I'll say it, it's hard to dispute it at this point. Yeah. Because they were terrible. They were awful. I think it was – I heard – Somebody went and interviewed Michael Malone or Mike, whatever. Michael. That drama? Yeah. Was yes, super it's thin. Michael. <laughs> well, well, he said, like, like talking about this series and just how hard it is, how hard it's been in the playoffs to rally, like that, how emotionally, how much the bubble took out of them. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just that it, it has been hard to get things going this season. And, you know, if you look at it, the four last remaining teams in the bubble last year, the Heat, Celtics, Nuggets, Lakers, they have all underperformed for one right. reason or another, but they all struggled this year. So there's obviously some truth to that, but also nobody cares. Like nobody's right. giving the Heat a pass because they were long-standing in the bubble. No one's giving you a pass on this year because you made the final last year. Absolutely. Yeah. Here's my Seth. So the bubble frauds. Have you seen this? The like which Disney themes name do you like better for the Heat? Players? Have you seen <laughs> no. these? Uh, no. Okay. So there's only two that I can find, but they're hilarious. Uh, Bambi Adebayo. <laughs> or Jiminy Brickets, <laughs> Jimmy Butler, which is hilarious. Jiminy Brickets yeah, is fantastic. so good, right? Yeah, so they were both terrible. Uh, Bam, Bam just didn't look effective offensively. And I think, I think an underrated part of why is because Goran Dragic was bad, and I think his two man game with Bam last year was so mm-hmm. awesome and so effective. And and just when Goran was struggling, it just made things harder for Bam. Yeah, um, I want to shout out Brook Lopez though as well because he did a fantastic job of uh, on d- the defensive end here. They had they had no interest in guarding Bam outside of the restricted area. Right, they dared him to take mid range jump shots, which he wouldn't. The Heat led the league in field goal percentage in the restricted area at like seventy some percent, and then in this series they shot they shot fifty percent inside the restricted area. Wow, that's, so um... that really stuck out to me. Yeah, that's bad. So, yeah, like I said, it was a sweep. Not close. Terrible. I think 20 points was the average um, average margin of victory in when yeah. game one goes into overtime. That's pretty incredible. Right. Uh, right. So, Tyler Hero, we haven't mentioned how bad he was. 
this podcast. So we there's a whole time. Ho- there's a whole off. He was bad. I did see <laughs> everyone's talking about roasting the Heat for not getting involved in James Harden trade because they wouldn't trade Tyler Hero. And I hate mm-hmm. there's always those like Twitter well actually is like oh casual fans don't understand how this works that mm-hmm. that um, the Heat didn't have draft picks they couldn't have traded for James Harden they wouldn't have like they wouldn't have been able to beat the Nets offer anyways. And it's like well that's not the point the point is they wouldn't engage in talks because they didn't want to trade right. Tyler Hero that's the issue they valued him too much yes. they considered him and it was, is an issue that they it is, 